1: So, today is October 14th, 2016. You're in class number six. So, um, yeah, today I've just lined up straightforward practice since, you know, basically we just talked about the business aspect for the entire 100% of the last time's call. So, um, that's okay. So, do you have any questions though before we begin? I don't at this
0: point. No, nothing has come.
1: Okay, okay. Perfect. Well, these are all uh, clients I had this past week. And these are real issues as well as questions that the owners had for them. So who are you drawn to working with first?
0: The lady and the little dog. Um, okay.
1: So that's Aviva. Aviva. Yes.
0: Miriam's notes. Okay, so Miriam is the person. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, Aviva.
1: Yep. So Aviva is a single dog in the household. The only woman and the only dog. Uh, so there's no other other pets. The woman lives in her house. She does have a backyard, and Aviva is one years old. And the woman said that it's it doesn't really seem to matter whether she's home or she's not. She pees and poos in the study, so she pees and poos, you know, in one of the rooms in the house. She does say she does this when she's home as well, um, and that basically the the dog, as far as she's concerned, just isn't potty trained, and she's really frustrated. Okay, uh-huh. so let's go ahead, and this dog's alive, so we don't want to bug the dog, so we'll go to the universe, and you tell me, do you want me to give you the questions and have you just practice on listening, or do you want to do both? You're the communicator, you are on your own, and we want to figure out what you think Miriam wants to know.
0: Um, I'm going to ask you to give me the questions for this one, okay. and then on the next
1: one I'll do I'll it myself. Okay, fantastic. All right. So for the first one, then go ahead and ask the universe. So why does she? Let's start with pee. Sometimes there's different reasons for pee than for poo. There may or may not be in this case. So focus on pee. Why does she pee in the house? Okay. So
0: I guess I just need a minute to. Okay.
1: Um, Jump
0: in, (laughs) lovely Aviva. Okay. Uh, so she tells me that she feels safe and comfortable
1: being in the house. Okay? Good. And make sure you go into the universe for this, not not her directly. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz I've already covered a lot of ground with her and I don't want to bring her back to the you know, beginning. <laughs> okay. So, that's okay. okay. All right. Um, So good, yes, she does feel safe and comfortable going in the house. So just make your intention, disconnect from her and go to the universe. And how about poo? Why does she poo in the house universe?
0: similar um, reason but there's something more um, um, well the saying that, well, the that there's times where she doesn't have any other options she gets very very need like an urgency to okay. move and she just does it as soon as she feels the need to do it and doesn't seem to. Arkani kind of feel, feels like she's not able to uh, have another option.
1: Okay. Okay. Good. So ask the universe why doesn't she just use the open doggy door when the owner's home?
0: She just feels the, the, the need to poo, and then the need to poo. She doesn't actually associate going outside to poo, or through the doggy door, or, or to do anything other than to just go to her spot. She's she's created a spot that's her spot to poo.
1: Okay. It's like
0: a neural pathway in her consciousness that says poo over here. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's a habit. Yep. Good. Yeah, all of this is correct. So ask the universe, uh, how, how does Aviva feel about the idea of pooing outside, peeing outside as well, on her own?
0: So, she's, she, so they're telling me there's a little bit of hesitancy and it feels like, it, it actually feels like fear, like, like as if it's not safe, someone's going to disturb me or something. I'm not safe to, it, it feels vulnerable for her.
1: Okay, correct. And, Universe, how does it feel for Aviva to pee and poo outside when her owner's there beside her? Much better. Yes. Good. All right, so ask, Universe, how important is it to this dog for her owner to be beside her outdoors?
0: It's very high. It's a very high importance for her.
1: Yes. Good. Yep. This is all correct. And you know, Jenny, I don't know what the trend is, but I find it that right there. Like I want to be escorted out. I want to be with my person. I feel safer outside with my person. It happens more with small dogs than it does the large and the middle sized. Maybe it's just because of their size compared to the rest of the world, but I find it's, you know, fairly common. Okay. Okay, and the owner said that. She's like, yes, I know, if I go out with her, she'll pee and poo, but if I don't, and I just expect her to use the doggy door, she will not. <laughs> okay, all right, very good. So ask the universe, um, mm, let's, let's do this. Um, so the dog's preference right now, comfort level, I should say, safety level, is to go indoors. So ask where that comes from. Why does the dog feel safer inside versus outside?
0: Well, there's a lot of, um, there's activity and distractions outside. i even sensing that she might have had, that she's um, been um, really scared. Like she's had an experience where she was sort of, Um, just 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 frightened by things that are outside
1: and she just therefore can't relax out there by herself okay okay good um so yeah she feels vulnerable outside you know regardless of whatever cause that that is right on good um ask her or ask the universe how would aviva feel about going back to using a potty pad
0: Well, no, she's not so crash hot
1: on the idea, but, um, it's like, uh, she, no, she doesn't really know why. She doesn't want to. Okay. Okay. Good. So, one of the things the dog had told me, just to give you, you feedback confirmation, was when I tuned in and asked her, why are you peeing and pooing in the house, I got a lot of what you got and also heard, I'm supposed to go inside, and I asked her, where did you get that idea from? She said, mom trained me indoors. And then I asked the owner, did you train her originally to go inside? She said, yes, I used a puppy pee pad. And I said, okay. All right, so that's you know where the initial memories begin. Um, it's very interesting with puppies, Jenny. It seems to be 50-50. 50% of the puppies can easily adapt to knowing that they've outgrown the puppy pad, which is what I told this dog, you've outgrown it. Now it's your job to go outside. The other 50% seem to still hang on to that idea of, well, I was introduced to it inside, my initial learning was inside, of course I'm supposed to go inside.
0: Okay, and she's done that, has
1: she? she she's done a little bit of, yeah, I, I just assume I go inside because I was originally trained inside. So she just didn't understand she was supposed to switch over. So there is when you that.
0: Asked, when you asked her if she could use continue to use the puppy pad. Did you get a similar... What, did I get that
1: one right? Yeah, you did. It's it's. She was like, nah, I'd rather pick my own spot indoors. Okay. So, not much of an interest in the puppy pad, because she wants to choose her own spot. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay, good. So, let's go ahead and ask her, why do you pee when your person is away from home, in case there's a different answer?
0: Sorry, what
1: Why do you pee in the house when your person's away from home?
0: She again. I, I sense a bit of fear in this door, in her, in um, being alone, and she gets a little bit anxious there. And it just—it's almost like it gives a bit of a sense of security of some kind. I, I'm not sure why. I—I'll I, ask. Well, it's like yeah, It's like saying, okay, nobody else can come in here and bother me.
1: Okay. So oftentimes, an animal's own urine or uh, you know stool will re, mm, well, well, calm them, because <laughs> it's like I've got my own smell, my own odor, my own familiarity around me. Okay, this dog gets a little anxious. Yes, I sense it more when the owner originally leaves, and then I sense it going away when the owner's gone. Um, ask about now. The owner doesn't ever stay gone more than four hours at a time because she's an older woman and she's retired. So ask the dog, does it have anything to do with the length of time your person's gone?
0: Well, no. Not not necessarily. It's the fact that it's just that she's gone. It's the initial um, just being there alone. Okay. Yeah. And she sleeps. And she. No, I don't feel it's time. It's just that, the niche, that I'm alone now. Yes. Is, now I've got to adjust. Okay. Um, once she's adjusted, then she can kind of relax a little for a while. Okay. But the four hours is fine.
1: Okay, yeah. It's not about the length of time. So that's that's correct. You know, the dog was like, you know, if I have to go, I go. I have no idea when the woman's coming back, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let loose. So she really, you know, Aviva's just like, um, I have to go. I mean, matter of factly, there's no bigger picture (laughs) behind it that's complicated or anything. Okay. All right. Very good. So the owner was hoping that we could help Aviva to actually understand. You know why it's important from the human perspective for her to go pee and poo outdoors on her own. Now that we know that Aviva, you know, really feels more comfortable with her person by her side. If you were talking to the owner, pretend you were talking to the owner now. What might you suggest that she try?
0: I would suggest that she bring out the. Uh, sorry, I've actually never heard of that thing before, but I I'm, I can guess what it is up the training tool, the, the pad, but she reintroduced the pad outside in the area and the spot that she wants her beaver to use. And um, I guess it's like a rewiring wiring of her habit. <laughs> and have her walk through the doggy door um, to get to it and give her, you know, just tra- retrain that 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 habit, um, and in if possible, uh, create a spot for Vivian where she can feel a little bit of security. Like maybe a bit closed. If there's a spot in the yard that, or outside where she can feel, and and just reassure her that she's safe out there. Go with her um, as part of the training to start with, um, because she's comfortable doing it that way. And and really praise her when she is doing. Doing the doing her, doing it right. Um, um, that's something that 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 the that the owner can do. Mm-hmm. can do. Um, we could let. I could let Aviva know that that's what she's going. If she, if Miriam agrees that she's happy to do that, I would let. I would let even know that we're going to do that new practice, and try and make it a fun thing for her
1: mm-hmm. um, and what about when the owner is not home
0: well she's got to go she's got to go so then there yeah, there needs to be a way for her to go out or a way for her to um go in the pad is that like a litter tray is it
1: um, it can be. It, it can be one that has like a, a tray, a lattice around it, or it can just be a pad. Mm-hmm.
0: Can use that until she learns to hold on, or uh, is comfortable holding on. Um, you know, knowing that a dog, a puppy, a dog at that age can hold on for that long if she wants to, um, and teach her that this is the new, the new way, let her know
1: again that um, she has, you know, the choice of the puppy pad or holding on. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, All of those are great suggestions. I hadn't even thought about putting the puppy pad outside, but yes, that is a training technique and that might work very nicely here. So um, the owner doesn't feel comfortable having the doggy door open during the times when she's outside the house. She doesn't want Aviva out in the yard and getting hurt or picked up or stolen or anything crazy like that. Um, I had suggested first, I said, what about putting Aviva in a crate? And Aviva was like, oh, I don't even like that idea. And I said, oh, never mind. I see her having a temper tantrum and barking and barking. And the owner said, yeah, that's what she would do. I said, so second thing, how about not a crate, but what if you put her in a bathroom with a smooth floor or a kitchen and you gated it off so that Aviva just had that, that hard-floored area? Because dogs and cats generally prefer to urinate and defecate on things that are soft and going to absorb their, their, their waste. So a hard, smooth floor surface usually helps them be more successful. I said to her, you'd want to pick up any bath mats any kitchen mats, anything that would be soft, you know, piles of clothing you might have laying around so that's just a small floor. And use that baby gate in such a way where it's kinda like a bigger size crate. She's more likely to be successful on a smoother hard floored surface. And give her something positive to do so she starts to have a positive association and something to do with herself behind the back behind the gates you know when you get ready to leave put her behind the gate and give her this one positive thing you could get a Kong fill it with peanut butter frozen peanut butter give that to her you could give her a couple treat balls with treats she can roll it around the treats come out something where she only gets these items when you leave and put her behind the baby gate it's the idea of counter conditioning so that the space which she may think is a, still a little bit crate like is really enjoyable so give her something to do too Um, I said I personally wouldn't just let her have the run of the house if that's what she's been doing because she does have this habit already in place and she's going to continue to firmly ingrain it again and again and again. So we need to change something here. And I like to tell owners, you know, sometimes it's not just about talking to your animals. The actions you take will help or hinder your dog in the success. Um, Now, when it comes to outdoors, I said to her, you may wish to go back to the puppies. Generally, I was taught back in vet tech days, can hold their bladder for anywhere from two to four hours. You know, that's puppies until as they gain their strength, they they can start to have greater bladder muscle control, but you want to take them out every two to four hours. So I said, go back to that, taking her out every two to four hours so that she gets used to doing something and take her out to the same location, same tree, and ask her to piddle, ask her to poo, and if she does something, praise her, come inside, give her a treat, you know, so that you're being consistent beside her and that too will help train the central nervous system.
0: Yep.
1: Okay, very good, um, let me see. Oh, the also, the, the little bit of anxiety when the owner leaves, can be counter conditioned by giving her that positive thing behind the gate as well. You're giving the dog something to do other than to feel nervous cuz her owner's leaving. Okay. Now the other thing the owner said is, well, Viva also has this habit of always wanting to me have eyes on her. I will take her outside and she will pee and poo as long as I'm watching her. And I, I it's funny cuz the dog said that. She's like, "Oh, I'll pee and poo, but mom has to be with me and has to be watching me." And um, so the owner's like, yes, I have to watch her. And she says, and she will not pee or poo just before bedtime. So I have to get up in the middle of the night every night because she's walking around the bed and I know she's got to go and I have to take her out. And can she just please start peeing and pooing before bedtime so I can sleep through the night? So ask the universe, why is this dog needing to go at that particular hour at night?
0: Um, sorry, why does she need to go at that particular hour?
1: Yes. Well.
0: Well, that's just. Well, I don't mean that. I don't know what that question is. Because she needs to go. She needs to go. Um. I don't.
1: Um. So why? is. She- Some dogs will ask to get up in the middle of the night for attention purposes. Some will do it because they really need to go. So don't always assume it's because they need to go. It may be in this case, but go to the universe and find out.
0: Okay. Well yeah. You know, she just tells, she just, they just say that she likes it, she just likes, get it. She likes it when they go outside together.
1: Yes, good. So the dog is having an enjoyable time, getting the attention of a person, going outside, she's got her person's company, she's very happy, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, while her person's grumpy. Okay, good. I've had other animals say, oh I wake up my person at this hour every night because their breathing rate changes or there's something odd about the way their heart's beating. And the owner will often say, oh my God, they know that I have sleep apnea, or something crazy like that. So you gotta remember, not all of these are just, well, of course it's gonna be this answer. (laughs) We don't. You gotta remember.
0: Assumptions have really gotta be dumped in this work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, don't always assume the basic, well, of course it's the answer, is gonna be necessarily so without checking, okay? Your truth will never be the animal's truth. You want to get the animal's truth. Okay, so um, what I, well, what could you say to Aviva? If you were talking with the dog right now, what might you say to her to help her see from the owner's point of view? What might you suggest?
0: Well, I might suggest that she let Miriam sleep because it's important for her well-being and her health and her happiness. Um, It will give her more energy the following day to spend better quality time with Aviva and it's just very disruptive and it's, it's not going to be healthy for their relationship
1: good It's not. Yeah. good 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 excellent and I especially love the last part and I said that to the dog too it's like listen your relationship with your person is huge and if your person is having discord with you every night because you're jovial and she's you know unhappy that you're waking her up in the long run, that's really going to wear on your relationship and on your person's point of view about you. Okay. Good. OK. So um, how might you handle the, the owner and the, the dog regarding the fact that dogs just have, I mean, the dog just sometimes has to go in the middle of the night. What can you suggest to the dog in order for maybe that not to happen that way?
0: Well, to she go before bed? Yes. Just before going to bed, do the very best and the very most possible <laughs> um, toilet stop. And, and then just to be mindful, do her best to, to stay comfortable and sleep.
1: Good. Good. Now, here's something you want to keep in mind for instances like this. I like to ask the owner the question of how many times do you feed your dog in a day and what do they eat and you know what not because sometimes Jenny that information is huge because if the dog is only getting one meal a day and it's you know pretend getting it around 5 p.m. 7 p.m. at night well of course it's probably gonna have to poo in the middle of the night okay so in this case the owner said she gets fed twice a day however she rarely eats breakfast I put it down it's down until noon. I pick it up and you know most of the kibble's still there. I said she's telling me she loves the second feeding better because the food is more yummy. The owner says yes because for the second meal 5 p.m. at night I feed her a combination of kibble plus this time I add in the wet food. I said okay she loves the wet food and I said to the owner you know if you get her to eat better in the morning then she doesn't have all that stool sitting in her for so long she can at least, you know, practice defecating sometime during the daytime if you feed her in the morning. And the owner's like, well, I can't make her eat. And I said, right, but if you feed her what she likes, you know, feed her the can too with the kibble, both meals, and see if that helps her to eat more evenly. Okay, so that's a suggestion you can always offer. Something else I found, Jenny, is when um, owners are inconsistent about the hours they feed their animal, the pet's bowel movements get off as a result of the change in feeding time. I mean, it takes so many hours to go through their system. And then, you know, if they're getting fed an hour early today, two hours later the next day, of course, they're going to be off on the GI track. And it's harder for the dog to be successful at going, you know, right at 7 p.m. at bedtime before, you know, the person sleeps. So I tell people be consistent about the time as well. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So I think we've, we've covered and explored all we can on that one. So thank the universe. And who next?
0: Okay, let me just get the photos up. Um, Um, big bird.
1: Okay. So this is Frosty, and in this case he's deceased, so it won't bug him for us to talk with him directly. So you can work with him in person. Let me see. So Frosty, he's recently passed. He's a 15, was a 15 year old male cockatoo owned by a husband and wife. Since he passed, uh, we can work with him directly. Um, He passed away, let's see, 9.30, September 30th. So, well, that's not even, that's like 20 days ago, something like that. And the owner's big answer is, we don't know how he passed. We just found him dead in his cage. We have had him for a long, long time. Was he happy with us, is he okay, and can he tell me how and why he passed? She said he was singing happily one day, happy, usual, you know, and then, then they found him dead. And that was very much a shock because this bird was so loved. So go ahead and connect. Let them know your purpose in connecting. okay and I'll let you ask the question so where would you want to start
0: I would like to start with how he felt about his love life and his onus okay <laughs> so happy
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's so happy he's very excited he's bouncing around and he's hurt and showing me that he had a really wonderful um, wonderful um time he i can't see another dog as well think there were other avenues there there I were he, there were yes a dog he, also, he, he had a dog friend as well that he kind of had a bit of love-hate with but in a good way like it was all still very fun he liked to be played in um, cheeky be cheeky with the dog um, he had a wonderful time, he always had wonderful company, He never felt lonely or alone, even um, as the only bird. Mm-hmm. Um, he was happy with all the other kind of friends he had and he said he was just very well looked up, he got a lot of attention.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes he did. Good. So yeah, yeah, and they had one other dog and he definitely was very happy with his male female humans as well as the dog so that's all correct and he loved his life mm-hmm.
0: mm, he did um so he he shows me like a bond he bonded with his whole family not even just one but there's a lovely extent bond throughout um so what was the so so the next question was um
1: how did he pass? The owners wanted to know.
0: How did he pass? Um, his heart. This is where I get really, this is this medical thing. I get really scared about it. He had a
1: heart attack. His heart stopped. Okay. That was part of the picture. Good. So drop down even deeper and ask what brought it on, Frosty?
0: Alright, uh, so I'm feeling like um, he's showing me that he's choking in his neck. Um, some kind of panic. Um. like um, his insides turned inside out for him, like he was vomiting and choking, and then his heart stopped.
1: Okay. And go even further and ask him what made you, what is this, did did he give you an image of choking or was it a word?
0: Yeah, I've got an image of him like like that.
1: Okay, so go to that. Okay, got it. Okay, so go back to that image and ask him, what does this image mean?
0: He's, he feels as if he feels as if something's stuck inside his, his you know pipe, piping, and he can't breathe. He's trying to get it
1: out. Okay. Well, I will tell you that yeah. Um. So what I got was something. It was related to di- digestion, digestive system. Okay. I did not get choking, so see if there's something else related to the digestive system. Ask him what related to the GI system caused you to pass. So
0: it's, it, it's maybe not choking, but it's more like gagging. So it's like there's something he wants to get out. Yes, just,
1: something in his body he didn't want in there, yes.
0: And it's causing him. Like the image, probably choking was a bad word, but it's more this gagging, like, because he's so little, like his little body, his neck is not much space, but it's more this something he needs to get out. Um, So there's a sense of inflammation, uh, something expanding inside that that is causing his airways to, or his uh, connect to block.
1: Okay. take a look at his small intestine as well anything going on in there?
0: well it's inflamed
1: yes um,
0: and it's causing him a lot of pain yes and, it's, um, make, and that's what's sort of making him I guess gag is the right word mm-hmm. uh, like he it's really hurting him
1: okay good good so we're on the right track so go ahead and ask him so what is it that's in your body that your body obviously doesn't like
0: it's like a stone from a piece of (laughs) fruit i really don't know danielle (laughs) I did not know how to ask these sort of You're
1: doing great, you just got to stick with it. See, here's the thing, Jenny, you don't need to know a thing about the medical body and anatomy and all that type of stuff. But what you do need to do is just listen. So don't give up <laughs> on these questions, okay? So he'll tell you what you need to know. So go back to what you got, the stone and the fruit, ask him, what is this? What does this mean?
0: properly. Yes. And it's like stuck, it's heavy, it's, it's kind of almost got, I sounds really weird, it's like it's got a growth on it.
1: Uh-huh. Where did he get this object? Where did he find it?
0: Um, he, he said it was just from his in food somewhere. Yeah.
1: It was in his food. Yes, it was. He told me the same thing. Ask him, did your owner know it was there? Yeah,
0: he doesn't know, like, like, probably
1: not. So he does know, he can give you a straight answer, yes or no, drop down. Did your person know it was there? It's
0: actually saying that they did
1: know, but they didn't think it was a problem. Okay, 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 good. Ask him, that would make sense. So ask him, so was it in your bag of seed, bag of, you know, seed bag? Yes. Yes. Okay. And what, so how did it make you feel before you got severely ill? How did it make you feel at first? Yeah. See if you can sense, um, you know, yeah, the, when
0: it first ate
1: it. yeah, yeah. Cause you know how humans, we, we go through an illness, a beginning, a middle, and an end. You've got the end right down on Pat. We want to see what, how did he feel in the beginning? Okay.
0: He felt his body temperature rise. He felt nauseous, very sick and he felt a lot of pain in his less his whole body like his head and it it, it felt like a um, hot heated thing a, a burning sensation in his body.
1: Yes, good and now specifically take a scan of him just you know on your own to see is you know was poison involved you know scan for poison it may or may not have been but just scan for it yes yes so whatever he ate out of the seed bag his people didn't know it was really in there or they they might have just thinking it was normal seed he told me it was bad seed intermixed amongst the mostly good seed and it was he showed it to me as like a little round ball which would be like your your stone in the fruit image same idea different way of getting it good and it had a poisoning effect on his body that made him feel such in such a way at the beginning and that at the end it really got very difficult for him okay okay so good job following him now he's deceased and he's not feeling any of this anymore so you know he's okay all is well he'll show that to you if you want to see it (laughs) he's a happy bird
0: yeah he's happy watching
1: over his family but he's he's um yeah good good yeah and last question for him so ask him when did you start feeling the sensations of getting ill I mean was it a day before you died two days a week before you died a month before you died
0: it was it was quite quickly he um Shows me actually, maybe not even a whole, uh, like, like within 24 hours, like he ate maybe 12 to 24 hours, even immediately.
1: Yeah, nice job.
0: Slowly, slowly, but quickly, if you know what I mean, like it built up very quickly.
1: Very good. Now the owner didn't ask, but could have asked. So, I'm going to pretend they'd be the owner. So, um, if I had, I didn't realize Frosty was ill. If I had realized and then rushed him to a bird that Frosty, could they have saved you?
0: Uh, unlikely. They would have had to have cut me open and it wouldn't have come back together very well. So, um, actually, yes, he says, <laughs> they could have.
1: Okay. Okay. So when I asked him, so could they have recovered you? He says, yeah, maybe he does think that's a, a probability. Mm-hmm. The owner didn't ask that. And in this case, I'm kind of glad she didn't because that could, that his response could have made her feel bad, you know, but she didn't ask. And so we didn't go there. I just thought of it in the moment. So I wanted you to ask. Okay. Because sometimes owners will ask you stuff like that. And sometimes the like, yeah. And sometimes the answer's no. I would have gone regardless. Okay. Very good. Very good. Do you have any questions on Frosty?
0: Um, um, no. Okay. I would ask him if he's going to come back.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, go ahead and ask.
0: But because he kind of went, do you feel like I want to ask him? if Felt it was his time to go. Okay. How you know how he feels about what happened um, with his visit, you know, and whether he, you know, uh, if he feels that, and then after that, then maybe ask if he's, yeah.
1: So. Okay, so ask your first one out loud so I know which one you're asking.
0: Okay, so first I'm just going to ask him how he feels. How he feels about what happened, um, as in the timing of his um passing um, so he tells me he didn't want to go. He, he he didn't want to go but you know he's it wasn't he wasn't he was very happy um, he was very healthy and he would have liked more time but he he's also of course in you know it's like that's not something he thinks about you know it's not something he he ponders um, he's just this is what happened and this was, was my life um, <laughs> he tells me he really loved life as a bird as a domestic cockatoo and but he'd like. Yeah, he's sort of. He'd, yeah. He'd like to
1: do it all over again. <laughs> okay, so yes, he was a very healthy bird before that. I also heard him say, I would have liked to have stayed longer. I didn't see this coming. Came to me out of the blue, and they, the people, were not ready for it. Okay, so good. So the owner did actually ask so is he going to reincarnate back to us? What oh, do you he's get?
0: going to back to them?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness, that's a big question. <laughs> um, um okay, so I'm not he's saying to me he doesn't know right now. He he's he doesn't know. He's not uh he's he's not ready to jump. Back. um mm-hmm. it's possible
1: yeah good good yeah i heard him say i don't know i don't think so but i don't know yep good yeah so sometimes our animal friends are not always in that straight meat yes or no category <laughs> and he's not and that's okay okay very good and anything else you want to ask him before we leave him
0: I don't know what he loved about being a bird, or okay. being who he was, who he, yeah, who he was in body. <laughs> he said that, that the joy and the singing and the bouncing around, <laughs> and he loved the attention that, that he got for being the, the way, being who he was.
1: Good. Good. Yeah, I hear him say, I was just happy. I love being happy. Um, he also shows himself moving around, like as if these people must have let him out quite a bit, because I just see him outside his cage a lot, having the freedom to move. And he enjoyed that too. And he was part of the social atmosphere. Um, can you feel the balance? Feel for it. Feel the balance, or the different way of putting it. Feel how. Mm, Balanced content. Feel how content this bird is with the people, the environment, the way he socialized with his people.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Loved it. He felt like the king of the, you know, like the king of the hat, like he was the a center of attention. He loved it.
1: Yes. This is one of the few birds I've ever spoken to, in all the years of doing this, that actually felt balanced. A lot of birds that come to Animal Communicators, at least in my experience, they're out of balance. Birds, I will never own a bird, Jenny, for that reason. It is so hard, and bigger birds. You know, parakeets, not so much. They seem to be pretty content, the ones I've spoken to anyway. But the, when you get the, the bigger ones, the cockatiels, the cockatoos, the parrots, um, yeah, the Amazons, uh, Ooh, boy, it really seems hard as a human to meet their needs, you know, enough to keep them happy anyway. It's very interesting I find that trend. Okay, very good. Um, so did you have any resistance around asking those medical questions?
0: Yes. <laughs> I, I just, I can't, I just can't seem to, um, trust myself there I just find the whole medical thing on one level like I said it's the area I really want to be good at and help people with um, and yet I'm just so afraid of getting it wrong and I've just got to yeah or, or not trusting uh, I feel like you know why it's almost like cause, uh, I'd almost feel like oh gosh I could say anything and then they're going to believe me and then it's all wrong because we can't verify it or something like that I don't know I don't know what it is, but Okay. I, I don't feel comfortable with it. But okay. But I want
1: to <laughs> Yeah, so one of the ways you might get give yourself some peace around that is you know, say think to yourself before a session, you know what? They may ask some medical questions. I know I'm not a vet. I'm not going to hold myself to that standard. I don't need to know what a vet knows. I don't need to use medical words. I, I probably probably shouldn't anyway. But what I do need to do is honor that animal and relay their firsthand experience of the symptoms, the feelings, the emotions of how they feel about going through this illness or whatnot to the owner. So really, if you think of it as you're describing the animal's experience here in the health category, you know, when normally you're working in the behavior category or the social category or the... Whatever category, the, the, the health category, the medical category is really no different, nor nor any more important. Watch the importance. You don't put more importance on that over the other areas, or you put pressure on yourself. You're simply there to describe their experience. Does that help?
0: Yes, it does. Yeah, I do seem to put more importance there. I do, sort of, because, you know, sometimes these things are life-threatening and things like that, so um, whereas the behavior is, yeah, okay, it's just, just try to relax with it, is what I'm hearing.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, and you know, anything that's life-threatening, you need to tell your client, you know what, this feels really serious to me, I don't know what's going on, I think that maybe you should, uh, we should end our call early, and you get on the phone with a veterinarian, and get them set up for an appointment, maybe they can get you in today. You know, or if you need owner peace of mind on this, you know, get a different veterinarian if the one currently you're working with doesn't seem to be helping you. You know, uh, you can always redirect your owner back to where they need to go when they have medical stuff going on, which is to a veterinarian. And if they say, oh, but the vet can't figure out what's going on, that's when you redirect them to a different one. They don't always think of that option. It's funny. People think they have to work with the same vet that they've gotten really nowhere with.
0: Uh, uh. Gosh, yeah. I took at a full bit in her last week, but it never got us anywhere. It was that time. But yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, that's right. It's, it's good to, to get other perspectives anyway. Mm-hmm. It's serious, yeah.
1: Yes. Okay, good. All right, well, let's move into working with the last one. So uh, through the universe, of course, because he's living... This is Diesel. I've worked with him and his person multiple times. So in the home, it's a husband and wife. They live on a farm. The owner has like three horses and two dogs. Diesel is the younger of two dogs. Both dogs get along great. So this time the owner wrote and said, he is destroying and moving shoes more than one in a day now. He did not used to do this outside of his puppy days, but this has suddenly started to take place again. So it's driving her nuts. Um, when she and her husband forget to put their shoes up high, the dog finds them, and they're ruined. So our big question is, why, and will you stop? (laughs) So go to the universe. Days
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. So yeah, ask the universe, why is he doing this?
0: You know, he, he, he finds, he feels like he gets one up on his friend, on the other dog. It's almost like this a competition little you know, between them, look what I can do.
1: he simply enjoys it yes can you feel the joy he's in when he's doing this (laughs) yep he's having a blast he really is and it's there's nothing wrong with telling an owner you know the truth you know i said to her he's having a really good time doing this i know that's not what you want to hear but he is having a ball and you know, her response was, I'm sure he is, but, <laughs> you know, so that's okay, you acknowledge where he is. So, with that said, why out of the blue? He's
0: showing off, uh, he's um, Well, it's like he just discovered it um, again. Um just discovered a new thing, a new way to play.
1: Okay.
0: There's more to it, isn't there?
1: There is. Yep. You've got the tip of the iceberg. This is good. So what you've gotten so far is correct. Okay? Okay? So, um, let me guide you a bit. So, ask the next question of the universe. So, um... Does he want his owners to find out he's done this behavior?
0: Yeah, he does. Why? Because yeah, it brings him. It just brings him so much joy and attention.
1: Aha! Attention.
0: And attention, attention, and and the joy. Just so much joy on so many levels.
1: Yes, and how does he react? to when his people yell at him for this? Because he usually does it when they're not home.
0: He spins around the circles and gets so excited.
1: So does he get miffed when they yell at him? Not at all. Yeah, and I said that to the owner. I said, listen, he doesn't take you seriously when you yell at him. It's like he lets it roll off his back. Like, no big deal, but I got plenty of attention out of it. So he's enjoying the negative attention. If you've ever met a human or a child who will take positive attention as well as they'll do bad things to get negative attention, he's a great example of doing that. So, he's looking for attention. What might you want to ask now?
0: So he, I mean, he didn't, I don't know if I was accurate in the beginning but he shows me again that, that there's a little bit of um, he loves the other dog they're fine but he feels a little bit like that one's a bit older and kind of um, more more mature and settled and not as naughty as him
1: yes. he's
0: trying to he's just trying to I, I think I said before he's get the attention away from the other dog? Him? Yeah. hmm Away from the other dog, so, um, and it seems to be working for him.
1: Okay, okay. As far as he sees it, it does. <laughs> okay, good. So, ask him who, because I'll tell you, he learned this behavior from somebody. Who did you learn this behavior from? Well, his dog friend. Okay. Don't always assume. Okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, So, um, so it's not making much sense for me, but it is a dog friend, but it's not, lives with him. Correct. Is there, is there a, is there a visiting dog or a, yeah, uh, someone visiting, someone who's been and gone, maybe stayed with them for a while, that he's observed.
1: Yes, uh, it was a dog that came and gone, that stayed for a while, that he did observe. This is all correct. Good. Get a, get, get a sense um, through him of, is that dog younger than him or older than him?
0: Ah, oh, okay, so um, it's actually an older dog. But nope. It's really <laughs>
1: Nope, nope, nope. Recheck.
0: Okay. Sorry. My first impression was a puppy, but I thought... <gasps> I yes!
1: Yes, yes, yes. Go back to your first impression and see if you can tell me more.
0: Uh, yeah, my first... When I was initially describing who taught it to him, I saw, uh, yeah, it was a puppy that they must have been, like I said, looking after for a short time, and yeah, he, he really enjoyed the puppy. He loved it. Um, um, Yeah, and that's what what he observed. Okay. A lot of attention that the puppy
1: was getting. Okay. So remember, keep every question independent of another. So go to the universe and ask, how did he feel about that puppy? Jealous. (laughs) Yes. Did he want that puppy to stay or go?
0: Nothing.
1: Yes, good, 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 good. So um, Jenny, it was the puppy that they brought into their life from a shelter. They had it for five days and realized Diesel, I mean Diesel just could not adapt. He was afraid of the puppy. He was observing it, but he didn't want to interact. He didn't want to play with it. They got the puppy for him in the hopes that he would, because he's a high-strung, high-energy dog in the hopes that he would play with it, but that scared the bejeepers out of him. And it was like a wild animal is what he said it was. So they sent it back to the shelter, um, but he learned to chew shoes and to get lots of you know, attention by doing puppy-like behaviors. Do you see yeah. how this is coming together? Uh-huh. What Say that again?
0: I suppose the owners would have known this, that, that that's what happened.
1: The, others, uh, the, the owners. owners? Oh no, the owners did not know where the behavior came from. The puppy's been gone for two months. Oh, right. And this behavior just started last week in Diesel. Oh. So they didn't put the two and two together because for, the, for them to put the two and two together, they would have expected him to do it right after the puppy left, but see, nah. He, he, he was expressing to me how he observed and concluded that wow, that puppy got a, do it, got a lot of attention by doing a lot of things it wasn't supposed to. So if I do that to my people, I'll get all the attention that I'm missing out on and really would love. So I'll act like a puppy and I will choose shoes. And move them around. He told me. I said to. I said the other. It plays. It sounds like he plays hide and seek. She says yes. He'll chew and he'll hide him behind doors, under beds. You know they're never a matching pair. They're always you know someplace, and he wants us to find them. She says I know that much. It's a game. Good. 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 So you see, you couldn't assume there that it had something to do with the other dog necessarily, but you went straight to him. And you found, oh, it had to do with a visiting dog. Oh, I got that, good job. Wow. Do you see how we we wanna not trip ourselves up as ACers by assuming this or that? Because the moment we assume, we get off track. Uh-huh. Always take what you think will be a basic answer to a basic question like, oh, everybody knows that. Set your own, I know that, answer aside and go right to the source because it may not have anything to do with what you expect. (laughs) Let the animals surprise you. They will again and again.
0: (laughs) Very clear to drop all assumptions. Uh, I, I guess too, making assumptions leads to storytelling as well. Yes. And so I can see now how I can trigger my mind to go off on a story rather than stay present.
1: Yes, very good, very good, excellent. All right, my friend, we are set for today. Do you feel good?
0: I do, I do. It always feels, um, it's always learning. It feels deep, um, and it does always feel good. But yes, and yeah, I guess it's amazing sometimes how some of the accuracies. were were so close and yeah yeah it's like I'm just fine tuning um, fine tuning the being, the message and really staying out of it really learning to stay out of the message and fine tuning it to being just the animal's message without my into my assumption or belief or um, opinion Mm -hmm.
1: good so
0: yeah it's sort a of real fine-tuning process, um, and then I feel when I uh, have sort of almost like this really clear pathway, this clear channel to the universe or the animal, without all my stuff in between. I feel then I be more, I will be more confident in saying this is how the animal is feeling. This is what the animal tells me. This is, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just
0: yeah. Just like that. Yep. Because um, I'm out of the way. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly exactly you don't have to reach for confidence when you're hearing it and just relaying it because that's a whole different headspace than where confidence resides mm. Mm.
0: yeah it's more a comfortable more a, yeah a comfort in a sense of just a, tra- a, just a, a clarity and a
1: comfortable clarity <laughs> uh-huh yeah excellent well, good job. You did good. <laughs> you did good. I, I know a little bit of, you realize, I felt like a couple times you were like, oh, regarding the bird, I just want to throw in the towel. And <laughs> was like, no, no, hang in there. You did good. You did good. because when you don't say oh, God, I've just got it all wrong. And, um, so, yeah,
0: so. Yeah.
1: And you pushed through it, and you stretched yourself. So, good job, Jenny. And really... the animals will stretch you and every learning will be integrated within you and you will gain something from it for next time and the next time around it will be easier when you encounter something similar. Okay? Alright. Well, we are set for today and we'll talk again next time, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?